So I do want to share a few thoughts with you that I hope will be a blessing to you. Turn in your Bible to the book of John, the Gospel of John, and we'll look there in chapter 1, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The Bible tells us that this world is the kingdom of darkness. His kingdom is the kingdom of light. And when you and I trust Christ as our Savior, we are transformed into the kingdom of light. That's in the book of Colossians in chapter 1. But here in the Gospel of John, so that you can understand some of the things that you'll find mentioned in the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke, I believe John is a, a key. So first of all, we're going to get the key, and then we're going to go to the doors. Sometime whenever we're reading the Bible... Do you ever find, as you go through life, you just don't seem to have it all together? Sometimes it seems like, I need help. You know, if you go on a trip, do you ever look first of all and say, now, do I have my credit card, or do I have my debit card, or do I have enough cash in my pocket to pay for whatever it's going to cost me? You ever do that? And you, you want it because you, you try to figure out, what's it going to cost me, and do I have the means to, you know, take care of myself? Well, whenever you're living life, you can't get water out of a well if there's no water in the well. So the reason we come together and read, study the Bible is because you're taking the springs of living water and you're, you're putting water in the well. So that when you get out there, and sometimes you don't have all the time to go run into the well, but you have it within you and you can draw it out. And some people, they have, well, they have a dry well. It means that they haven't put anything in so they can't get anything out. Read and study the Word of God so that you have fresh water in your well. So that you always have something to refresh yourself with. Otherwise, you will have what people call burnout. Now, I, I don't know what it is. That's what they say. I guess you just get overloaded. Your plate's too full. You can't handle it anymore. I'm ready to have a nervous breakdown. I think it's just that you just um, you went to the well too often and you didn't put anything in it, and you kind of get something out that's not there. So unless your intake is greater than your outflow, then your outflow will be your downfall. Let me repeat that. What did I say? If your intake is not greater than your outflow, then your outflow will be your downfall. You have to always take in more than what you need. And so that you can always have enough. It's kind of like taking a trip and you fill up the tank full of gas, you don't wait till you go empty to get some more. You've got to keep putting some gas in it. Otherwise, you're going to come up empty. But here in the Gospel of John, look what he says here. He makes a statement in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, when we talk about the light the life was the light. So having eternal life is knowing God, whom to know is life eternal. So when you and I know Christ as our Savior, that's how you and I got to become the children of light. Now look what else he says. In verse 4, in him was life, eternal life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. It means it did not understand he made the world, he came into the world, and the world knew him not. But now notice it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same 
get this in verse 7, came for a witness to bear witness of the light, and that all men through him might believe. So the purpose of the light is it so that all men might see the light. So we're in the world, and the world is dark, and you and I are the lights of the world, and so the reason that God left the light in the world is so that other people can see the light and that they would be saved, that all men through him might believe. And it talked about John the Baptist. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. And so he says, this is, in verse 9, the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. This is the light that God wants to draw every man to. If I be lifted up, I will draw every man. But the way you draw is through the gospel. The gospel is the light that people can see, and it draws people to the light. And the light is the truth. Now you get into John chapter 3, verses 19, 20, and 21. You're talking about people love darkness because their deeds are evil, and Christ did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he came to be a light. Now turn in your Bible on over there to your right, and uh, you'll find that it talks about this um, being a light in this old world. And so Christ was the light, we're in the world and now we are the light of the world. So here in the book of uh, John in chapter 8, you'll notice there in verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Now remember, the gospel of John is laid out, in a sense, as the way it's, uh, it's organized. Uh, like walking into the tabernacle. And uh, Jesus lays out these things, and it's like he is the, the bread which is the table of showbread, and he is the light, he's the labor, he is the veil, he is the uh, altar, he, he's, he's everything. It's all about him in the, the veil, in the, the, the tabernacle itself, and that his body, when he makes the statement, and the word became flesh means it tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory. But here in the book of John in chapter 8, look what he says now in verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light of life. The light of eternal life. You'll know the truth. You'll know you have eternal life. And that knowledge, that truth, is of great value. There is power in knowledge, but power in proper knowledge will do so many wonderful things for you and I. So the Bible talks about this. Now look in chapter 9. In chapter 9, John chapter 9, there's a story about a blind man. And this story is also used to show that Jesus is the light. It says there in verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, because they want to know who sinned, the parents or the kid, nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in them. In other words, for such a time as this, God uses things as opportunities to manifest the love of God, to manifest the light, a way for people to see the truth. And then he makes this statement in verse 5, and you ought to underline verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now later on he talks about how that, as the Father hath sent me into the world, even so send I you. 
And now he says, ye are the lights of the world. So we know that we are the lights of the world. Now take your Bible and turn over there to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. John chapter 12. And notice that the, the light all goes back to the cross. You notice where he says here in verse 30, Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This is the light that draws people. This is a dark world. People don't know God. They don't know how to have eternal life. They're lost. They can't find their way. And so Christ is going to die on the cross. And the very next verse, he's signifying by what death he should die. And then you'll notice in verse 34, the people answered him, we have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Christ abides forever. You say you're the Christ. Well, how come you don't live forever? You're talking about dying. But they didn't understand. He's coming back from the dead. And he did. And so Christ told them this. He says in verse 35, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. So remember this. Every individual, even though we live in a, a dark world, the light we want to see, but the light Christ is talking about to us is the light we're supposed to be. Not that I am just supposed to see the light. I am to be the light. Because Christ says, I am the light as long as he was in the world. But when he leaves, he says, ye are the light of the world. And the purpose of the light shining was for the purpose for people seeing the light of life or eternal life. Now, notice what it says up there in verse 36. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. So it multiplies, and he was the light, and then those who trust him as Savior become the light. And this is an illustration breaking down the great truth that he mentions up there in verse 24. Look in verse 24 where he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Here is a light that's going to go out, but it's going to come back from the dead. And everyone who believes in him is like the kernels of corn on a an ear of corn, look how many more lights, all because of that one light. So Christ is the light of the world, but now all those people who trusted Christ as Savior are to be lights in the Lord, lights in the world. Now go down there to verse 46. Verse 46 says, I am come a light into the world, but notice the reason, that whosoever believeth on me, should not abide in darkness. That means this is a lost world. People don't know where they're going. And Christ came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. So that means if they find the way, it must be because they see the light. That's why when you and I explain the gospel to people, whether on the internet, the ready yo, or with heaven tracks, or various ministries we have, 
people on your job, whoever you get a chance to talk to, when you share the gospel, you're giving them the light by which they can see and understand how to have eternal life. So when the Bible talks about you and I being lights in the world, when it talks about you and I, let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Do you know there will be people in heaven that will be glorifying God because you were faithful in shining the light. They saw the light through you. And it's not just the things that you do, it's the things also that you say. But the purpose of why we do what we do is so that people can hear and understand the gospel. Now look what he says in verse 46 again. I am come a light into the world. Now whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And in verse 48, he that rejecteth me and received not my words hath one that judge him. So there's people who will reject the light. And there will be people who will receive the light. So you and I are not responsible how people respond to the light. We're just to shine the light so that they can see the light. And get the light to everyone that we possibly can. And the reason that these things are mentioned in the Gospel of John, he says, is that you may know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that by faith and believing in Him you may have life through His name. See up there in verse 37? But though He had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on Him. Some people will believe and some people will not. And then he quotes the scripture from the book of Isaiah in chapter 53, where it says that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, saying, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? So when you read Isaiah 53, is Isaiah 53 talking about Jesus Christ coming into the world, dying on the cross, paying for the sins of everyone, coming back again from the dead? That whole chapter is about the gospel. So being a light is not just walking around and acting holy. There's got to be a message to it, and it has to be included. Now let me take you, show you the turning your Bible to the book of uh, Philippians in chapter Two, Philippians in chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And notice what he says here in verse 12. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Wherefore, he says, My beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I believe fear and trembling that you do not want to miss the will of God for your life. For it is God which worketh in you to perform. So there's something God wants you and I to do because we have been saved. We're not working for salvation. We're working out the salvation God's already placed within us. And He has saved us. And as Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, then verse 10, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus and we have been ordained unto good works. There's things that God wants us to do, and we ought to do them. So now look what he says here in verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Because, you see, God's the one that says you are the light, and his responsibility is to place you wherever he wants to. He knows where you need to shine. He knows where the darkest spots are. We'd love to go to the, the brightest spots, but sometimes God may put us in the darkest spots. Sometimes in the places where we don't want to be. 
Now look in verse 15 and 16. These are two very good verses. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, and underline this part of the verse, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now how do you shine as lights in the world? So God says, evidently, there's going to be some things you're not going to like, and that's why he says, do all things without murmuring and complaining. The one that lit your candle is the one that wants to place that candle, that light, wherever God wants to. So trust the Lord to use you however He wants, wherever you need to be. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now get what He said in verse 16. Here is how you become a light. Holding forth the word of life. That's why He's the light of life. The light of eternal life. And so he says, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Now let's turn in our Bible to the book of Matthew. Those were my introductory remarks. As we look here in the book of Matthew in chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. This is on page 999. In Matthew chapter 5, you'll notice a wonderful, wonderful verse here. Look at it in verse 12. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. No, wait, wait. This, I didn't mind that great rewards in heaven. This persecuted, but I, I'm not sure I like that though. If you and I would only realize that God is the one who lit our candle and caused us to see, and we understand, we believe, we trusted Christ. And God wants to place us in this world and sometimes the most difficult place. You know where you work? It might be a very difficult place. The people you meet, where you have to go, all kinds of things. You may not like it, but you'd be surprised the people that God may have to bring across your path. But God is the one that's in charge of the light. And he's the one that moves us around. And you may be in one place, and then next time you know, he might move you to another place. And they move you to another place. But it's not as important to you as it is to the one that God wants to reach. And he knows that better than we do. Your idea of prayer to God should be, Lord, use me however you see fit. Place me wherever you want me to be. Just, Lord, help me to have the strength and the grace that I need to keep giving forth the gospel. And then notice what he says. In verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth. And then in verse 14, ye are the light of the world. And when he says you're the light of the world, in view of all those other scriptures we read over there in the book of Matthew, remember this. When you have the gospel of John, and you got the book of Matthew, and you got the book of Mark, and the book of Luke, those things we read in the book of John, and then all these other ones, all this happened at the same time. It wasn't that God did, okay, here's Matthew. He did all of those things. Now, he did the book of Mark. And then he did the book of Luke. And then he lived the gospel of John. <laughs> no. They all stack up this way. And whenever he was talking about being the light, and some people didn't understand because they saw it only through Jewish eyes. There was others who were seeing things and they would understand. And when he spoke in parables, those who wanted to know the truth could see and those who didn't couldn't see. And yet he would tell the same story. 
And so there's people who can get something and other people can see and hear the same thing and not really understand what in the world is he talking about. So you take the light here and you go back and place it over these other books and you'll find out, well, when he's talking about light, you know what he's referring to. See, he only lived for those three and a half years. Matthew covers three and a half years. Mark covers three and a half years. Luke covers three and a half years. John covers three and a half years of his ministry. But it was all the same three and a half years. He didn't run in sequence. So you look here in verse 4. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And they give a light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine. Now, in view of John as a, a key that unlocks doors, I think I understand a little bit more about what he's talking about. That you and I, as lights in the world, and according to the book of Philippians in chapter 2, being a light in the world is holding forth the word of life. And I believe that's what you and I are supposed to do. So, take your Bible and turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4. The book of Mark in chapter 4. And you'll notice that there's um, similarities in each one of these, but yet something that just makes it just a little bit different so that um, we see something that maybe we wouldn't have saw before. Now look there in the book of Mark in chapter 4. Look in verse 21. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to you to be put under a bushel or under a bed? And not to be set on a candlestick. If you are a light and you are to be giving out the gospel, if you will continually shine, do you think God might lift you up? He didn't light the candle to hide you under a bushel. I believe he's talking about you and I. You know, somebody who is the light. And to trust the Lord to put us wherever He wants. If you really understand and see, you don't become envious or jealous of what somebody else is accomplishing. If I'm the pastor of this church and there's a, a mega church down the road that's running 15,000. Well, if they're preaching the gospel, praise the Lord. That man is going to be held accountable to do what he can with what he has been blessed with. Maybe God didn't give me everything that preacher has. So I'm going to have to just do the best I can and shine forth with what I've got where I am. And you got to do the same thing. And God may give us a, a higher perch or he might put us in a lower perch. It all depends on God's in charge. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? See, he's the one that we're supposed to be yielded to and trust the Lord to do all this for us. Now get this in verse 22. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret that it should come abroad. I believe that God wants the light to shine everywhere. That there ought not be one spot upon the earth where the gospel did not reach. If he says, preach the gospel to every creature, do you believe that we should try to get the gospel to every creature? Huh? Think about it. So the thing is, is, Lord, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to shine? And it's not just to play tiddlywinks. I believe he wants us to serve and to be found faithful to do what we can. Now look what else he says here. 
If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, if you really have ears to understand, to perceive what he's talking about, then let him listen. How you listen reveals how you see. And Christ said this to his disciples. He said, do you yet not understand? Do you understand yet? And they said, yes, we understand. Which I doubt they did, but they said it anyway. So he says in verse 24, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. What you hear depends on what you see. Listening to the message that God gives to us and understanding that is the light we give. So you can't share the light as fervently, as passionately, unless you understand where he's coming from. So hearing is very, very important to seeing. Some people says, well, I'll believe it if I can see it. No. Believing it is the key to seeing it. If you'll believe what God says, you can see things. But if you wait till you see it, you won't believe it until you see it. You've got to believe it first. When he makes a statement, be it unto you according to your faith, that means that you don't yet see what God's going to do or how he's going to do it. Faith is believing that what God says is true, whether you understand how he's going to do it or not. But you believe. And true faith to the Lord is remaining faithful when it appears that God has let you down or failed you. Because there'll be times in your life when you'll think, God, do you, do you know who I am? Do you, do you remember me? I'm right here. And sometimes you'll see God blessing somebody, and you'll seem like you're going through a drought. And you say, Lord, I don't want to cause no fuss, but what about us? I used to be in Colorado, and I used to, oh, I couldn't, oh, you just got under my skin. I'm out there trying to make bids on buses that are, you know, six, seven hundred dollars at an auction. And sometimes the tires were bald, the brakes were no good, the drive shaft, and it, it, the, it run hot. And, and, I mean, pitiful. And then I got a, a letter that some rich guy went in down there and seen Bruce Porter and, and bought him three brand new buses. That bothered me. I've been serving the Lord longer than Bruce. And I know that I'm just as faithful as he is. And God, you gave him three brand new buses. And you gave me a piece of junk. It's not fair. And if God's anything, he's supposed to be fair. Ain't he? No respecter of persons. Hey, hey what, about, what about me right here? Now, I know you're not like that. You would never get envious of what somebody else gets to do for the Lord. Would you? 